one. You can hear my dog. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, hello, everyone. Wisecrack patrons, I guess, is being the inclusive category in which you all exist. Um, uh, it's me, Lux. Uh, I'm hosting our favorite new, well, not new, rebooted again, Patreon podcast series, Behind the Crack. Uh, with me is co-host, guest, unclear on how we're structuring the show going forward, but regular appearer for sure, Michael Burns. You love him. Hey, what's up, Lux? And hey, what's up, patrons and people and humans? Uh, very excited to be here on this rebooted thing. I, I like reboots more than originals, so this is great for me. Yeah, you know, with modern technology, all, all that's changed since mid-2022, we really oh my God. turn it up. This is It's really a, you know, Avatar v. Way of Water situation that we have going on. Yeah, exactly. So it's all shot on Dolby Digital 3D, but no one said anything, so everyone could go see it in IMAX. Very yeah. frustrated about that. Um, that's a real Lux-ass complaint, but that's the world we live in. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to talk about, you know, uh, some of our favorite, some stuff, just like talk about the past year and what we're going into next year and what to be excited about, because there's a lot of really cool stuff happening, and we haven't checked in on y'all podcast style in, in quite some time. Um, so let's start Burns with some positives. Yeah. Uh, I thought we could kick back and forth some of our respective favorite videos of 2022. Uh, shouts out to, who was it? Uh, let me double check really quick. Someone in the Patreon literally asked this as I was writing down the questions last night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mickey mania asked us for our uh, top five videos. So, it, uh, especially for you, Mickey mania, but for everyone, uh, let's just talk about favorite vids. So you kick it off. What was, uh, what, what are some of your favorite videos from the past year? Well, I'll start weird here and with a video that nobody watched, um, which is the video that we did on the fourth installment of the Jackass series, Jackass Forever. It was a niche video that not a ton of people watched, but I think it was good and fun. And some people I know who are, are Jackass heads liked it. And, you know, sometimes it's fun to make. It's kind of like that uh, old George Clooney, one for them, one for me thing. Yeah, I, that was definitely this year a, a real classic one for me. Uh, but you know, I think if if you're listening to this and you've ever watched a Jackass movie, uh, worth checking out if you haven't seen it. But that's I, I'll my, my other ones will be more conventionally successful. But I wanted to go wild card for my first pick. Burns, I gotta tell you, that one is also on my was on my honorable mentions list. Uh, I. Loved that one. I thought that the research analysis that we did in that video was so good and so fun. Yeah, um, it was better than it needed to be, all things considered. Yeah, for sure. It was like such a good and interesting deep dive into like the way we think about sort of bodies and, and television and stuff and I and like production. And I just was like, I don't know, I had so much fun directing it and I thought it was such a well-written video. And I was really bummed that more people didn't like it, but like it's funny. Yeah, that was on my like I had a little list of honorable mentions slash like underappreciated videos. And that yeah, oh, and I, I got to say as well, I was listening to um, a podcast with a, a film critic. Uh, I, I like it very much, Adam Naiman. And he was talking about like best movies and best performances of the year. And he made this point that I loved. And I think relates to the Jackass video we did where he basically said he thinks Johnny Knoxville and Tom Cruise should be in the same category of like aging men who put their bodies on the line and eschew like, you know, CGI bullshit to give us movies that matter. And I was like, yes, that is, that is, that is the real shit considering yeah. Knoxville and Tom Cruise as part of the same thing, except Knoxville seems like a much better dude, but yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, that, that actually reminds me of my favorite Tom Cruise story, which is that I forget, I think it was Mission Impossible six. They were doing a production meeting and they were, and obviously this is like, who knows if this is actually true, but this is the story. 
uh, they were doing a production meeting and they were like, so we'll have Tom climb this building and then he'll jump and we'll cut to a top down and we'll have digital Tom following all these stories. And Tom Cruise just slammed his hand on the table and went, there is no digital Tom. There yes. is only Tom. Um, and I think you can say there is no digital Johnny as well. Like they, they both are very like, they do it there on their own. And it's so cool. And I think that comparison is a hundred percent perfect. Um, Hell yeah. What's so what's one of yours? So uh, I think my favorite this year was the Elden Ring one. Mm. Um, both. I mean, it was fun because I got to I got to do some writing and outlining on it, which I always love to do. But even more than that is two things about it that were really fun. One was that I love Mark Fisher's cap like capitalist realism stuff. I think it's like some of the most fascinating philosophy that is out there. Um, and getting to talk about it on the channel was a blast. It was very fun working with Amanda uh, on that script, too, because she's brilliant. And one of the real little many micro joys of this job is like introducing her to a concept and watching her like figure it out way better than yeah. I understand it. Um, and we got to do some of that stuff. And so that was just a, a huge blast. And then like just scrolling through footage from that game and finding all these really crazy, weird moments and putting together all these weird themes like. By the end of the outline, we had to cut so many different like visual thematic things, all these really interesting design choices because we were like, this video can't be 40 hours long or whatever. Um, and it was just such a fucking blast to work on and such an, and so fun to like, you know, I think video games have this challenge where it's like this question of immersion kind of undercuts a lot of theoretical stuff because it's like uh -huh. you're the guy, so it's hard to like be distant and critical. Um, but I thought that game just had such a dense and clear philosophy that was so pertinent to the world we live in that it was just sort of like, man, I can't believe I'm like trying to, you know, cut this wolf in half with a sword and thinking about how capitalism is an unbreakable and universal system. Well, I mean, something that's really cool about that video as well and videos like that and the way that, you know, I think you and Amanda did a lot of really great work on that one. And we're referring to our, our colleague, Amanda Shirker, who's head of editorial here at Wisecrack, definitely the, uh, the last and final word on all things written word over here um, was that as someone who hasn't played the game, like I've sat in a room while a friend has played Elden Ring, but I've never played that game. And yet I still found the video engaging and it managed to like, you know, explain things just enough to where I got what was going on on the journey. And I think that's, that's a, a really good testament to the, the ideation that y'all put into it. Yeah. Well, I think it also speaks to one of the fun things about doing the wise videos together in general is like, um it's it's pretty rare right that all three of you me and amanda or and four including olivia are all equally up on the thing that we're talking about at any given time yeah um and so it's always this really fun thing to like work together to catch each other up or see how like people get excited or learn about the thing as we're producing it um mm -hmm. i have a couple of examples on my list of times where i got really excited about learning something uh while producing stuff and i think that's like one of the little joys of it is sort of being like you know uh man this game is so crazy can you believe it has all the stuff in it and then being like whoa holy shit this game does have all the stuff in it that's so crazy um and i think that's like that is one of the low-key tricks of like what makes uh this job quite so fun all right so what's your next uh next uh favorite video yeah um you know we don't have to go to all you know we can we can cut it off wherever but i, I have yeah. a few i picked if we don't get to all of them that's fine um I'll do another movie one and I'll just say that I, I was really happy with how the everything ever all once video came out. And I think that I found that to be a fun and joyful. Sorry, I just burped a little bit. Sorry, patrons and friends. Hey, they're getting but behind it was the like, scenes action. You know? Yeah. But it was like, 
it was such a fun and joyful movie. So it made making a video about it feel equally fun and joyful. And I think to me, it represents a, I guess, type of classic wisecracky thing where it's a media property that is intentionally exploring, you know, ideas and thematics that overlap with the intellectual concerns that we often share on the channel. And I remember leaving that movie, I think I saw the movie two or three times in theaters and just feeling like, great, we, we get to make a video on this. And it's, and we will, I think we'll talk about this more in one of the other categories, but um, you know, we don't cover movies as much anymore. And that just felt like a great um, example for me of when it still works for us to do in-depth videos about movies. I liked that it did well. And I liked that it felt like we got to participate in the, the fun that was the phenomenon of everything, everywhere all at once, a movie uh, that somehow legitimately has a chance to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards and also figures scenes where um, security guards have to jump in the air and then land on um, everyday objects used as butt plugs to get superpowers. Yeah, I, 100%. One of my favorite things with that video, really quick, so I'll keep it moving, because we uh, let's maybe do like three each and then move on, because yeah. uh, I have a little timer going for my thing we're doing, but... Uh, one quick thing on that is that one thing that made that video was that one of the things in the pre-production was that there were so many cool ways to talk about that video that we got into like little arguments in the chat where it was like, yeah, we could talk about it this way. We could also talk about this stuff. We could also talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was so call. fun to like kick around so many ideas. And there was so much in that movie that we could get out of it. And like, again, like with Elden Ring, there's like a limit on how much we could do, but it was so fun to sort of like, like you had a couple takes on it. I had a couple takes on it. A man had a couple takes on it. And they were all like fun and interesting. And it was fun to like sift through all of that and be like, holy moly. That's such oh. a good point. And it definitely felt, it's a, almost like a weird thing to have where we had to like, you know, like had to actively say, sorry, can't cover this to some really good ideas. Uh, as opposed to sometimes we're in a position where we're struggling to make sure we have enough good ideas to justify a video. So yeah, that's I really like the way you put that. That was so that was so fun. It was so exciting to me. Um, all right, so speaking of things with a lot to say, uh, my next one is I the Civil War video was oh yeah awesome. Um, researching it, uh, that was a real three headed monster on the writing side too because we were passing the thing around between the three of us a lot. Um, and the, and then directing it was like obviously kind of emotionally trying because of like mm -hmm. how much bummer stuff was in it. Um, and so digging up all kinds of archival footage and stuff was not a blast, but like I learned so much about the history of civil wars and how people have thought about the idea of civil war over time. Um, I, th there's a whole section in there about how the first Roman civil war, like redefined Europe's self image over, you know, the millennia following and whatnot and stuff like that. Um, just made it so exciting to like do, even though like obviously reading stuff that was like 70% of Americans think we're all going to cut each other in half by 2025. Like, yeah, sucked. but learning that, you know, all these different ways that people have conceptualized con internal conflict like that is, it was so fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that video was just, was a, a pretty big swing for us in terms of trying something pretty new and wading into some, more explicit political territory than we've done before. And I think that both editing wise, I really like how, how we handled, you know, talking about something that could be a huge bummer and not making it 
too much of a massive bummer. And then I think, I mean, something I liked on that one was one of the first times I feel like we tried the thing where when we were writing the script, I was kind of like, hey, it's feeling kind of inauthentic to write little quips and stuff into the script. So how about instead of that, I'll just like react organically when we're filming and see how it goes. So it was, uh, you know, one of the first times we kind of did that experiment. And I think that um, it added a level of authenticity and, and honesty to the to the video that I thought was really cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's let's do our last one. Oh yeah, quick. last let's ones. Hear, uh, um, let's hear number three. Shoot, shoot. Where is it? Where's my list? Oh, okay. Um, uh, in a similar vein to that one, um, I'll say I liked our video on the college crisis, uh, which was about more than just student loans. It's a fun one because it's one of the last big things that our um, former colleague Amelia Bazell worked on, um, and it was uh, an instance of Amelia, Amanda Shirker, and myself, and I know you helped on this as well taking care of a really big script one of the longest videos we've ever done you know clocked in at over 45 minutes if it was on tv with commercials that would have been an hour-long special yes, and I, order baby yeah um and i think our ability to handle such a complex thing was really cool and i think a fun thing about that video was it i guess you could say like underperformed when it first came out and then really picked up steam and the cool thing about that is it meant that you know people were finding it that might yeah. not have been subscribers or might not normally get our stuff. And that always feels cool to know that, you know, a video is being watched and enjoyed uh, by people that might not normally be in our audience. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that that's, it's, that's always like such a cool feeling that like, yeah. there's some, some people who have no idea who we are who are like, Oh my goodness, this is quite interesting. Uh, it's like such a cool, a cool thing about what we get to do. Um, all right, my last one, I'll get through this really quick. And this one's actually a big shout out to you, Burns, is um, the philosopher reacts to Attack on Titan, the the euthanasia version. Oh, wow. Um, I thought that was, that was such a fun video because... I forgot that was this year. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was very early this year. But that it was such a video because I thought the concept was super strong. I thought the stuff, Tom, the research Tom brought in and, and that you guys wrote together was so good. And then I just thought that like you did i mean there's a couple of react videos that i fucking love this year i think that that format really came into its own in a big way but um that particular one really stuck with me because i think that you got that you really were able to juggle an insanely depressing topic which is like the oh, idea no, of guys, like should anyone even exist what let's see oh did my internet fuck up again impossible mm. Oh, you're back. You're back. You're back. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't think it fucked up again. I had something else. I had something downloading that was still downloading. Oh, weird. But yeah, like I, I thought that you took like this insanely, like almost impossibly depressing topic of should people even exist? Um, <laughs> and like made it fun just through your reaction and through your performance. And I, and it was made it such a fun video to edit uh, and direct because like it's sometimes in the videos can you know part of part of the directing in the edit part of the video is like balancing it so it doesn't feel dry and so we get yeah. the right amount of, of comedy and fun and, and figure out what goes in what goes out whatever and that was one where it was like there was such an abundance of fun stuff to play with in your reactions and in your ad-libs that it was like totally breezy to like go over the parts where it was like and by the way maybe it's good if no one ever gets born again <laughs> well i think like the fun thing about that for me was that the you know the first time we did an attack on titan video that i was a part of was the first time I, I watched the whole show. And it was a crazy thing too, in that 
it's almost like sometimes when we cover something that's a thing or a piece of content I'm already familiar with, it's easy. And, and I don't want to say to half-ass because I don't think I ever half-ass, but to be like, oh yeah, I've, I can just scan some episodes. I know this thing pretty well. But since it was new to me, I just went from zero to a hundred. And for days, my partner was coming to the living room. Like, are you still watching that show? And I would be watching Attack on Titan it out. And I would have like three tabs open from different websites, digging into like lore and theories and all that sort of stuff. So Every time we've, we've done Attack on Titan, it just takes over my life for a couple of weeks in a way that's been really fun. You and everyone who watches anime. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's move on. I think we'll just do like one each from the rest of the categories for the most part. Yeah. Uh, just to give us some time to, to play around with them. But what was so in the inverse of the last category of like favorite, most fun, what was one of the more challenging videos uh, that, that you thought this for this past year? So I'm going to break the rule and try to do two in the time of one. Done. Um, you did. the you, dispensation granted, um, the, so the first, uh, Jordan Peterson video we did, uh, f- uh, with Jordan Peterson on postmodernism hard for a couple reasons. One for years, I was refusing to do things on Jordan Peterson or people like him. I kind of didn't want to engage with some of that audience. Um, so I was really hesitant to do it. Glad that I finally did. But what happened there is I got a little too into it. And I've talked about this, I think, before on stream. And I know some of the patrons know this, so I won't belabor the story. But just overprepared such that when we started filming that video, we stopped after doing almost four hours of shooting just that video, which is way longer than normal for us. And at that point, I'd gotten not even a third of the way through the notes and the clips that I put together. So then I really had to rely on Lux, on Olivia, on others on our team, on some of our editors to help put it together. So I think that one was just challenging on motivation to do it, on the conception of it, on the execution. The good thing about that is then when we did the second Peterson video, uh, it was night and day process-wise. So I'm glad that yeah. you know I, I learned from that. Um, and then that just one, before quick, you before yeah. you go on on that one, big shout out to our editor Andrew Nishimura on that one because. There was a lot of stuff that was that was all hectic about that one, and it did, like you said, really help us reframe how to do the reacts ones in a way that I think is like so much better than ever before. But yeah, uh, there were some complications, and so Andrew and I spent an entire day in a video chat with the Adobe file open on a screen share. Yeah, you two like, went scroll, ham on scrolling that. through it and just moving clips around remotely for like several hours. Um, and um, shouts out to Andrew for just sitting there with me while we were doing that. Um, but it came out it came out great and and like obviously the result is like uh the outcome of like passion and excitement and over preparing is always a pretty good thing to do in most cases so like all good stuff but it was it was that one was like just technically a doozler yeah um agreed on all counts the, and the second one i'll say really quick this is for different reasons is that the recent a very recent video but i guess two videos a video on we've done ethical capitalism and one on ftx and i'll just be 100 with y'all Um, we had a situation where we had a sponsor, the sponsor was giving what you can, a nonprofit associated with ethical or effective altruism. We had to deal with them for a while. They bugged us wanting to have an outline of the video before we make it a thing we basically never do for sponsors. I wrote a little outline for them on doing a video on the question of, can we be ethical under capitalism? Our contact for brands sent it out. Um, they said, sure, whatever. And then I wrote the script, which was a script based on the outline 
they didn't get back to us until the morning we were supposed to film it. And then they were like, we absolutely are not going to sponsor this video. And they were kind of mad. It then put us in a situation where we had to film the video that day. And I had already extracted all the kind of fun, spicy stuff that felt more authentic to, I guess, my voice and the channel's voice to make the sponsor happy. So then it was a matter of trying to add some of that back. So it was just a really challenging situation and a situation that we've never had before and I hope we never have again. God, Burns, I gotta tell you, there's some really close calls and overlap because that was my number two choice. Yeah. Um, for that exact reason, those two, because it was like, it's this frustrating thing where like, like you, like you got at, like it sometimes like we as a group have, I think established, especially with the four of us who, who are doing the channel right now, a pretty shared like, if not like complete worldview, at least like channel perspective worldview mm -hmm. and like, like commensurate like modes of analysis and stuff. And it kind of sucked having to like rein that in. And then it super sucked being like, Oh, you rein that in and we're going to pull the rug out under you and you have no time to even get back to what you'd like to talk yes. about. And that was, that was such a frustrating thing. And it was so, it was kind of a bummer to direct just in the sense that like, I could tell that like both you and Shirker were pulling your punches on that script. And it was just sort of a bummer to be like, oh, I know they have so much more to do with this idea yeah, than what definitely. I'm seeing. And like, that's like a, a rough thing to, to have to run into. But, you know, they uh, they said no. So maybe uh, this year we can really get their asses. Yeah. Um, and definitely the rare case where, like you said, we don't often pull punches. Um, and I think often when we do things that don't hit, it's more of a matter of looking back and saying, okay, we try, we genuinely tried our best at the time here's what we can learn moving forward. And that was a case where it was just like, oh, we like, we, we had a better script for this right off the bat. Um, but, you know, and I, and I think that's a thing that we, I think some of the patrons know about, but a struggle that'll never go away for us is that we make videos that are often critical of the logic behind economic and social power structures that are the same structures that are, you know, that we depend on sometimes to pay us money to make videos. And there's no way out of that paradoxical relationship. Um, and that's an example of that, you know, shit hitting the fan because of that. So either Lux is gone again, or, you know, my utter brilliance just left him silent. Which could have happened. Um, it often happens with me where I, I just start speaking and then I, I notice crowds of people go silent because um, they're in awe of me. I don't want to say I am Christ-like. I'll say I'm Christ-ish in my ability to compel people and in terms of, you know, getting, you know, having followers, having Please. people that, that want to, Please. you know, dedicate their lives to me and... Some people aren't ready to handle, you know, handle that responsibility. But I feel like, yeah, I was born to be a, I was born to be a savior. I won't say the savior of humanity, but I'd say a savior of yeah. humanity. And, and that's why I'm asking everyone listening to this to consider what it would mean to intentionally and dramatically sacrifice your life for my cause. Um, you might be thinking, is he calling for? A large-scale mass suicide, yes. I'm going to cut right to the chase. That's what I'm asking for. First, though, I need you to buy some merch because when they find our slash your bodies, I want us to be wearing wisecrack 
merch. Um, ideally a shirt, a hat, and then a mug in your hand. The mug will be useful because when you drink the arsenic laced Mai Tais that, that I will be making, um, the mug is going to help that. And then the enamel in the mug is good because it holds the poison in a way that some cups wouldn't. If we didn't like paper or plastic cups, the poison that you'd be drinking would burn through the vessel. Um, but of course, you know, before this as well, I would like you to, you know, make sure your Patreon subscription is signed up to auto renew and have it on okay. an account that's going to have some money in back it in a second. after you die. I think that will be important as well. Um, it looks like <laughs> Lux might be back. <laughs> uh, I, the, the audio came back in right after you said after you die. And I oh, just... I, I've been monologuing. You can, Good. you know. <laughs> Good. I was hoping it's what you would do. Um, that's perfect. I'll check it out when I edit the footage and edit the audio and we'll see how, if we keep it in. But yeah, I, God, it seems like every time this happens, it's like there's an inverse proportion between how much I want my internet to work and how well it works. Um, okay. So I think we're, uh, on, wait, did you already say your challenging video? No, I've not gotten that one. I think it's what we're about to do. Oh uh, yeah. Say yours. Yeah. So, so we we're just talking about the, the, the capitalism one. That one, that one was rough for, for sort of these sponsor reasons. Uh, the t- one of the, the tougher ones for me um, was the gun violence video. Oh, yeah. Um, the, and there's like a million reasons why this was difficult. Um, I was traveling at the time, and some stuff was supposed to get done before I left for traveling, and it didn't get done in time because uh, maybe we'd been a little bit overambitious scheduling with our editor. And so I was like on trains or in a, on like a farmhouse in upstate New York or in a tiny apartment in Brooklyn um trying really hard to like get this video done before getting to my cousin's wedding or before like seeing my friend who was in the town at the same time and all this stuff um so that w- it was challenging that way and then also it was just this thing where like i, like, I live in texas the uvalde stuff was like very affecting mm-hmm. to everyone here um and obviously like the just the you know even beyond uvalde there was the garrett richardson shooting during the protests in, in texas and all this stuff um and so it was just like really emotionally not like difficult like obviously like we get into the shit all the time but it was uh yeah i mean emotionally emotionally trying just to like sort of like watch this stuff and remember that like it's you know it's hard to watch footage of people like discussing like losing their kids in a shooting and be like so where does this clip like start to look good in like a 1080 ratio like a 1080 like aspect ratio you know um, and it can be hard to to split that part of your brain up. And usually it's not so bad, but I think between like traveling and being tired and how fresh it all was when it was happening and, and just the nature of gun violence in America as this like infinitely recursive thing, um, which can be kind of overwhelming. I think that combination of factors made it just like really oh, difficult man. to sit down and like do the pre-visualization or sit down and Gosh, watch the video. Oh no way! Yeah. It's still oh, recording. Oh, he's back. Me. He's back. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're back. That, you, that was just a that was a quick a quick little a quick blip. Um, yeah, quick blip. So keep going. But yeah, so so um, yeah, so it was it was just difficult to to do that. And then I think the other like, the, I very so our at our internal editing software Whipster where we all watch cuts is great software. It has a setting where you can speed up the cut. I almost never do that because like mm-hmm. I am very particular about like to the frame timings our editors uh will attest to this we're all be like can we cut two frames off this clip i think the timing is weird or whatever um and like the gun violence one was the only ones where i ever watched a cut at one and a half speed just because i was like i just can't keep putting this into my head and it's close enough that i know it'll be fine either way um 
and so yeah that that one was i think probably the most difficult just like from like a personal perspective yeah totally get that and i think again bringing in that problem of working on things that are slightly not even slightly a lot more serious in tone and have having much higher stakes than things before introduces a, a whole new element into like you said what it's like to edit what it's like to watch cuts what it's like to find those clips what it's like to you know on my end have to read these things or you know do three different takes of reading a stat about children getting killed so yeah um definitely yeah learning a lot from all that but yeah yeah that was a really a really trying thing all right so our next category get a more positive type thing well this one's sort of a mixed bag but yeah is there a thing from this year that you like what's the thing from this year you, you really wanted to cover but we didn't get to uh, um, i have mine it's very stupid but you should go first yeah mine's pretty simple too uh which is uh atlanta season four and the reason we didn't cover it, you know, we covered, uh, yeah, the, 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 the relationship between the channel and Atlanta is weird. The, the show, not the city, Atlanta, we love you as a city, but we did a video um, and it's a video I, I wrote, but didn't host on the first season, maybe the first two seasons of Atlanta that did really well. And it was really exciting to write about because it's just been one of my favorite shows. We did a philosopher react season three, which not a lot of people watched, which is fine. But it put us in a situation where it just would have made no sense to make a video about season four. And it bummed me out because I think that the four seasons of that show did a lot of really interesting and important things. And uh, yeah, it would have been fun to talk about in a video. Yeah. And I think that actually kind of ties into to mine as well, uh, for reasons I'll explain in a second. But like that there's this thing that we do that we don't do as much anymore just because the nature of our viewer base has changed the nature of how youtube works has changed and, and all this stuff but like one of my favorite things that we used to do a little bit that we still that you know we don't do as much is like taking things that maybe as comedies in particular mm-hmm. um that don't necessarily beg for like hardcore analysis just by virtue of the genre yeah um and doing that work uh and excavating stuff and i've always thought the atlanta stuff we've done is a really successful job of that so it was kind of a bummer not to get to cover that uh which leads to mine which is uh the disney's cars on disney plus oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, burns can attest to this every brainstorm i'm always like we could talk about cars um Very true. because i i have a lot of strong feelings about america's relationship to cars and the way that the cars cartoon kind of uh like manifest this idea that I, I get mad about, which is like the world being built for cars and not for people. Um, and well, yours might still happen though. There's a world where some version of this, or at least like a reference to that, could still happen. Yes, it's that we might still talk about cars and 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 stuff. But I think that because the nature of the channel's changed, we're not going to do the fun like what's yeah, really true. going on in Disney's cars. Yeah. Uh, silly video which i think is fine i mean we just we're it's a you know we do different stuff and it's totally fine but it is it was i just always thought it was like such a silly hook for a video and i was very like this would be kind of fun and silly um that's but cool. that's you know that's life where you know it's it's like i said it's, it's pretty analogous to the atlanta thing where like we don't do as much sort of like you didn't think this was deep but actually it is stuff um as once we did and i think both cars and atlanta kind of unfortunately have a uh, have, have fallen into that sort of reprioritization sorry cars in atlanta yeah also sorry to cars in atlanta the traffic there is terrible horrible i was really some of the some of the worst yeah i was was there a couple months ago i had to do some driving wow god bless you all for dealing with that why is every street called peach tree i don't get it it makes it very confusing yeah 
Yeah, I'm at the corner of Peachtree and Peachtree, about three blocks south of Peachtree. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> um, um, Atl- Atlanta right. patrons, tell us why we're, why we're yeah. wrong. Explain it to me. Um, but the Waffle House per capita count, chef's kiss. Um, so what's a, so what's a thing that you're particularly proud of from 2022, uh, um, for 2022 yeah. work? Are you cool if I hit just a couple quick bullet points here? Do it, dude. Um, so one would be, I'm proud of, it's been cool to, you know, so, so people probably know this at the beginning of 2022, we stopped podcasting. Uh, and I was very, very upset by that. If anyone ever listened to the last episode of culture binge like I, I literally teared up because it was it was maybe one of my favorite things that we did so starting streaming this year has been really fun uh, but it's been very uh, a new experience you know streaming is different than podcasting so i've had to learn a lot but now it's really fun that on thursdays i look forward to the streams and i look forward to names in the chat many of you know whom i, I know are patrons and i feel like i've gotten to to know some of these people it's it's like parasocial relationships working both ways or something like that and i think it's for me at least given it's been rewarding to have a more direct relationship with what i guess i would say our core audiences yeah. and it makes what we're doing feel very cool so that that's been very fun and i would say you know well i missed the hell out of podcasting it is fun with the streaming thing it, it feels a lot more live and, and dynamic and engaging so that's a thing. And then, of course, shouts to um, Henry, shouts to Lux, shouts to uh, our former colleague Griffin, who, who helped get a lot of that going. Um, in a related thing, I'll just say the thing I'm proud of, and I'm proud of this uh, for everyone on our team. Some people might not know this, but, you know, in the last year or so, you know, we've gone from having a team of about eight people full-time at Wisecrack to now there are four people who work at Wisecrack full-time and we still have freelancers, but you know, we used to have eight full-time employees and then a pretty solid deck of freelancers, like a lot of freelance writers, good amount of, you know, editors and uh, motion graphics artists and all types of stuff. And we are really running with what one of, uh, you know, someone we work with referred to recently as, as a skeleton crew, but we've managed to continue, um, you know, making content that's remained very high quality and no one has lost their mind yet. And I think that if any people were wondering, for example, oh, why is it taking so long to get uh, this this podcast out? Where's the next behind, uh, Office Hours video, which is coming? You know, some of it has to do with that, that we're figuring out how to do all the stuff that we want to be doing, that we need to be doing with such a small team. But I just think I'm I'm proud of all of us for for navigating that. And then, you know, for patrons, some of you might've implied some of these things, but you know, e- even in the back half of the year, we, we lost a bunch of people. So not that they died, but that they moved on to other jobs. So I'm proud of us for that. Yeah. Uh, mine, mine is basically the same. I guess that was somewhat predictable, I guess, given the nature of the year. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think the two things that stick out to me are one, like you mentioned, we don't use motion graphics as much anymore or a lot of other stuff, including it's motion graphics but we also don't have our access to the stock footage site that i used to have mm. um and i've been really proud of the fact that even as the year went on we were getting videos that people were positively responding to not just the content but like the how they looked and how they felt visually and and, and construction wise um even as like you know tools are being taken out of the toolbox um by necessity and not not just for me for everyone mm-hmm. um, and i i was very proud that like yeah, we can't do the same motion graphics. We can't hire JR to do illustrations anymore. Uh, I can't go to Storyblocks and find 
the exact stock footage thing of like man near microwave streaming at wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were still able to using free stock footage, using archival footage, using some really creative other stuff like popping up images, uh, more burns on screen, other things like that. Keep the videos at a high level and really fun. Um, and I was really proud that we were able to do that. Uh, Olivia has uh, obviously been like a godsend on like helping me find assets and also just helping me come up with creative stuff for that. Same mm-hmm. with the editors. Um, and then the other one, the other small thing, uh, really quick is that there was a point during the year, which for various reasons, we had to get a budget with a very specific number, uh, series of numbers attached to it, uh, but because of sort of corporate demands as it were. Yeah. Um, and Griffin and Olivia and I spent so long trying to squeeze the numbers to make them work and figure out what could possibly function and what couldn't. Uh, and it's the thing I've never done. Like. I've written up budgets for individual productions, right? Like for a movie, for a, a stage show, for an improv show, whatever, right? I've done that. Um, but doing it as like a long-term like series of expenditures over time, very confusing. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that we were able to do it uh, and then I, and then hilariously became totally irrelevant because Griffin got another job and just left. Um, but still uh, was... Uh, was very very interesting and, and and i'm pretty proud of that and then i guess the sub corollary to that is that like well there's this really stressful time going on with all of that um everyone like stayed supportive and like unified on like not just getting the shows up but making sure everyone felt okay and felt that we had each other's backs and i think we just did like a really killer job of like weathering the kind of digital media corporate storm that everyone kind of goes through from time to time in the year 2020 whatever yeah um, no i think we... that i thought was like better than most others i've heard of Yes, I, I agree 100%. And I think that we, this year, I don't know, I'll be really apocalyptic and be honest with all of you friends. Like, I don't know, there was a brief period where I didn't know if Wisegreg videos would be a thing being produced in 2023. And, you know, I'm happy to say that that we're still out here and we're still going to be rocking and rolling for a little bit. So that's fun. Yeah, I think uh, of the, 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 the storm clouds have sort of drifted away, at least for now, which is very for now, exciting. Yeah. Oh yeah, they'll come, um, they'll so come back, people, but we're good for now. <laughs> people, yeah, people listening, we're not in any danger immediately. That's not to say we won't be in the future because it is still a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, don't don't forget or anything. But there, there was a period where it was very stressful, and we weathered it. And I think, and I mean, I'll just segue this into the other thing, and I'll go first on this segment just because it's it segues directly. Yeah. The next question was going to be, uh, you know, what are the big lessons we take away? And I think for me, with the, one of the biggest lessons is that like obviously like i'm a socialist and i believe in like solidarity and working together but like you know uh i'm historically like a freelancer and particularly a freelance screenwriter and director before i was working at wisecrack and so those are all very like you're off doing your thing sort of jobs you know like you work with people obviously but like a lot of that is just like you're off doing your thing um and so this year with all this stuff happening the sort of lesson of like you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to communicate that you're, you know, not feeling great for a day and have people have your back. Um, you know, it's okay to be overwhelmed by, you know, big, scary corporate things because corporate things are big and scary, all that stuff. Um, and the way that we were like internally supportive of each other. And also, frankly, the way that the Discord and the Patreon and everything had so many people who were like, not even knowing what was going on, just being like, we love your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that, like, like, was like a thing that I think I conceptually understood to be important and good, uh, but had never really been a mean, like a substantial part of like my day-to-day existence until this past year. And then this year I like really learned that like that shit matters in like a very real way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, both, like I said, both internally, like we we were all like really having each other's backs throughout the year. But then also, like, shouts out to the, to the Discord and stuff that like there were definitely days where like uh, I was like, man, it's gonna suck in two weeks when I get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then I'd like look at the Discord and someone would be like, I really love that video about Strain. It made me think about how maybe I'm not a robot man or whatever. And I would just be like, oh, fuck, that rules. Like, that makes me feel so much better. Um, and so that that was my big takeaway from the years, like, how much both our internal, like, working community, but also our, like, broader audience community, like, can really, like, change the trajectory of a given day. And it can go the other way, too, like, when the crazy guy went psycho in the chat, but it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. Um, God, yeah. So this, wait, yeah, this is the, the big, big lessons. I have a few bullet points here. Let's think. Yeah, that you didn't think you'd get a sincere Lux take on the podcast. <laughs> I know, I don't know what to do. Um, no, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. I think that that's, that's been a huge lesson. And I just think too, for me, the lesson of like knowing that there, I, I think I've learned this year via the struggles to keep this thing alive, that it's a thing that I care about and that matters to me because yeah. at various points this year, I have you know thought about like oh should i should i focus my efforts elsewhere should i be doing something else blah 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 blah, and just realizing that there's such a value in in what we make and what we do that i don't have to feel shitty about and i say that because you know like uh increasingly in at least like la and a lot of things attached to like the media industry it's just like hard to get jobs and have careers and i have friends who I look up to who have, who have worked on really cool things who then struggle to get more work. And I know other people that have left that to go work in like digital media where they make stuff that makes them feel bad. So it's very cool to get to make stuff that, you know, I feel good about and like, yeah, we have to do fucking ads sometimes, but whatever people can fast forward if they want. But I would say like in terms of the big lessons, I think it's been, you know, to be very frank, a struggle for me over the past two years, right. Is I think, it's just about, yeah, now it's like two and a half years that I've, you know, been the the full-time host of the channel. And it's been a really hard period of filling the shoes of someone who started the channel, who literally was the voice of the channel, was the person that made this thing that we all love so much, along with, with, with Jacob and Todd and some other great people. Obviously, I'm talking about Jared here. And... You know, I think for me, I've had to deal with a lot of figuring out how how my voice and my style applies to what pre-existed. I've had to deal with a lot of comparisons and criticisms and stuff like that. Um, and I, th- I feel like this is the year where, you know, I-, I feel like I finally found a really good groove in doing this job and the year that I've got a lot more comfortable and confident in my both my own voice but then being comfortable having with our channel having that personality and with with our channel you know being more personality based than brand based and some of that is just how YouTube has shifted because it's YouTube is so much more about specific niches and about parasociality than it ever used to be um and and, you know i think there's also something it always feels in the past if there was videos where people would would be negative about you know me or my performance or whatever sometimes in the past it was like well you know what it was a script that was written by a team of people and i read it off the prompter and even if people hate it that's not like me 
But the more that I've put, I think myself, my personality, my sense of humor, my perspective into videos, into streams and stuff like that, it makes you a little more vulnerable. So when people say this sucks, it's like, oh, that really was me. But at the same time, it makes it so much more rewarding to have people reach out and feel like they do have more of a personal connection with me. Uh, Cause I, I want people to feel that way. And I want to like, um, you know, make people feel like they're, that, that, that we can have some type of relation in that way. And I think it's been a year where I feel again, after two and a half years of really navigating what it means to be the host of this channel. I, I think this year it's at least by the end of the year, I, I know what that is a lot more than I used to and feel a lot more comfortable with it than I used to. And then a lot of that too, is like, thanks to the core audience thanks to the patrons, thanks to the people who have made it easier to do that. So. Yeah. I fucking, I big time. And you can even tell like just directing the videos, like when I'm scrolling through footage and stuff, there's like so much more authentic burns of having a good time stuff, stuff that goes in, stuff that doesn't go in and stuff. But you can definitely tell that like, there's like a growing sense of self there that is like really cool and good. Um, yeah. Cause I'm I get not, to see, I'm not know, a robot. I get, yeah. I get to see all the footage that no one gets to see. Um, and like there's all kinds of, of fun stuff in there um that that fucking rules um so we talked a lot about how the end of the year was stressful we got we got very uh you know reflective about our time but let's look forward uh and end this on a positive note with what are we looking forward to uh in the 2023 year of wise crack yeah well i guess i'll, I'll go first only because for me i think it's an extension of what yeah. i was just saying like i'm excited to continue to figure out kind of the dual thing of what our voice is becoming as a channel. Cause I think everyone knows this. Like if you compare where we're at now to where we used to be, um, and you know, I always think I always want to post this Jay Z lyric, which I can't post cause it has the N word in it. And I feel like it's weird when white people even just post lyrics that have that in it. Um, but Jay Z has agreed. Yes. But Jay Z has a lyric where he basically says, if people want my old shit, buy my old albums. And, yeah, because it's like people want the old J and something I say, how come if you want the old J by the old albums? And, and that's my attitude, I think, towards us, right? Sometimes I want to say to people like, oh, I miss the old Wisecrack. Well, the videos are still there. You can go watch them. But I think that like Donald Draper of Sterling Cooper Draper Price, we want to keep moving forward. And I think that as we move forward, we're figuring out what our brand is what i hate that word but it, it is what it is what our focus is and i think everyone notices like we talk about movies less we talk about tv shows less we talk about cultural and social issues more we talk about tech and the media more and all these sorts of things we have videos that are slightly more organic and more personable and all this sort of stuff and that's going to keep happening and i'm just excited to see that come to its full fruition and i think another thing just to really let everyone truly behind the crack you know we have had a sort of subscriber shift in that our overall subscriber numbers, you know, is the same and you know, kind of gradually goes up. We've lost a lot of subscribers in the past year or two. We've also gained a lot of people. And part of that for us has been a certain group of people not liking where we're going, which is totally fine. But then us getting this really cool new audience who we like a lot. So I think that transition is going to continue to happen. Um, I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited about um, our channel and our brand being less about just our long YouTube videos. But, you know, in, in the new year, we're going to 
post more shorts. We're going to be more active on TikTok. We're going to keep streaming and building that out. And I think that having a more comprehensive approach is going to be kind of fun. And as we become a brand, a channel that you want to hang out with more, I think we're excited to give you more excuses to do that. So that's all the stuff I'm looking forward to. How about you? Mine's sort of similar. Is that like, so when I start, so I've been directing and and writing at Wisecrack since like 2017, I think, or 20, Mm -hmm. even earlier, maybe 2016, maybe um for like so long it was like a freelancer or whatever right um and when i first started we would have these meetings where jared and alex basically like here are all the things that are coming out can anyone think of anything to say about yeah. any of this bullshit um and we've transitioned away from that in a way that is relieving but the, because sometimes we'll just be like oh we're just really gonna reach for this huh um and but now we aren't doing that as much so there's less of that pressure then what got lost like we aren't really doing that at all or not at all but like very very much less because like we just our audience like you said has shifted away from being people who like want to know you know how adorno applies to bugs life or whatever mm-hmm. um uh even though shouts out to logan that video fucking ruled um 100 but uh the what's a good way to put this like so there's no longer that pressure to make sure we have stuff on all the things like we no longer like one of the last times you really, really crushed something out i remember was close to when alec left was like we really crushed out a falcon the winter soldier video that was Mm -hmm. like interesting but like definitely a long walk um and we no longer have that like crunch to do that like we we get to do you know we get to talk about things in other ways and it's a little more interesting and so what i'm excited about is that this you know the stream um you know like that could be a thing like that's an opportunity you can have and maybe like me or other people can pop on there too and like but also the tiktoks and also the shorts um, and whatever else we're doing gives us space to talk about movies, TV, whatever, but without the pressure of like, it has to be big. It has to be dense. It has to be like developed all the way out mm-hmm. um, in the wisecrack way. And we get to like sort of have a little more of a freewheeling relationship with that stuff and focus the actual channel a little bit more on cultural critique, news, philosophy, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I think that the balance there sounds like it's gonna be really fun and I'm excited to sort of be able to, you know, like, we were talking about this yesterday, like, it's exciting to think that on a random Monday, we'll have a meeting, and I'll be like, hey, Burns, you ever think about how, like, Disney's, the MCU new movie, The Marvels, like, is reflective of, like, Rosa Luxemburg's understanding of, like, the feminist <laughs> role in Socialist Revolution? And then you can be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And, like, bang, there's a TikTok, like, that comes out. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, that, like, we can just do. Um, and that freedom, that, that sort of space to play uh, for you, especially, but also for Amanda and, and for me and for everyone, um, is something that I'm really excited to see what we do with. And I'm really optimistic about, like, how good it will be, because I think that that, like, you know, it plays to our strengths. Because I think one thing that, like, if we're, like, fully being transparent uh, with Wisecrack is that, like, there were videos we did, not all, but there were videos we did on pop culture that were sort of like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, definitely. I guess this checks out. <laughs> Yeah, and we don't have to do that. Yeah, I I think we've absolutely, um, you know, made videos that we made because we had to have a video out. And I think that, you know, and I think that's if you watch, especially when when TV seasons had like 23 episodes, like at a certain point, we got to get stuff out. And I do think that one advantage in the new year is as we become less exclusively dependent on YouTube uploads that we can hopefully have a little bit more freedom 
to like not force takes that we're not fully into and do some other stuff. But yeah, but yeah, it's, it's part of the course. Like, you know, everyone knows it's like, we've had years where we've put out close to a hundred videos and you know, you just can't put out that much stuff and yeah. have everything be a, an airtight that you're super proud of take. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just like, yeah, I'm just excited. And I, I just think that there's gonna be a lot of like now, you know, like, like I was saying, like if, if we have a one minute thought about a movie, it can be a short, if we have a three minute thought, it can be a TikTok. If we have 15 minutes and we think it's going to be really, people are going to love it. It can be a, a full video essay, but there's a lot more ways things can go now. Yeah. um which is like exhilarating um so and a big part of why we have that freedom is you guys who are listening is the patrons and and the people who donate and who participate in the discord and who watch the streams and watch the videos and who post about how great we are all the time so uh, a big thank you to all of you guys because the the whole reason that we're able to do what we do is is largely uh thanks to y'all so uh this is our first sort of behind the scenes podcast of the year Hopefully we will do more. Uh, as, uh, I mean, we will do more. What they look like going forward is still sort of up at the end, but we will do more of them. Um, and yeah, so thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for for being part of our, our little community and for letting us do what we do. Um, and I hope this uh, was had a nice range of informative to modeling and wasn't just strictly us being like, holy shit. Because by the end of this, I do kind of have this feeling of like, when you like play a like have like a really tough pickup basketball game and like you win but like barely and you and your friends are all sitting down like holy shit like what just happened um sort of how i feel about the whole 2022 as a, as a whole especially with vice crack and so uh thank you guys for letting us sort of get out of that and start this new stuff it's very exciting hell yeah um just agreed thanks for doing this um Locke's excited to do this more this year and as always patrons like it's it feels a little pandering sometimes to be like what you do is so important and da 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 but like we truly mean it it's cool that you support what we're doing and it's cool that in a world that's so fragmented in terms of the media we all consume that you take time and you take money to directly support us uh just know that we don't take that for granted and it means yeah. a lot and and, and thank you as well everyone for your patience like like we said before we have a really small team right now so we're you know navigating what it looks like to produce content and produce extra content for patreon but just know more stuff is coming so so know that yeah hell yeah well that'll wrap it up thank you burns thank you patrons uh thank you to, i don't know zencaster for giving me a free trial yeah thanks zencaster um, yeah we love you um so give us money and we'll talk um but yeah so goodbye everyone we'll see you guys next month uh with some kind of behind the scenes thing and talk to you guys soon goodbye and thank you Bye.